Insiders, an ASI Media podcast covering the topics that matter most to the promotional products industry. I'm Executive Editor Sarah Lavendusky, and today I'm joined by my colleagues, Executive Editor Teresa Hagel and Digital News Director Chris Rubo, to talk about different must-know news stories we've been working on, what's coming down the pike, and most importantly, our summer plans. So thank you guys for being here. It was nice to see both of you in the office recently, almost like old times. Uh, we just finished our State of the Industry package. Thank goodness. It'll be out in July. We wanted to give everyone a quick rundown of some of the stories we've been working on aside from SOI. So Chris, let's start with you. Uh, there was a big story this week, and that's been the ban on imports from a certain province in China. So can you give us a rundown on that and why people in promo really need to pay attention to this? All right, so the, the, the real impact to our industry is that, that this, this ban um, could affect supply chains and um, cause further supply chain disruption and even prevent products that companies in our industry are looking to import um, from ever entering the United States. So that's kind of like, if, if, if you take away nothing else, just like take away that, right? That that's, that's, that's why this kind of matters to our industry. So um, the province in question is, um, and I, I mess up the pronunciation, but it's, I, I, I've heard it said Xinjiang, which is in Northwestern China. Um, I'm sure if you've been following the news, you're aware that there's um, widespread allegations uh, or, or allegations of widespread uh, forced labor in that region of China. There's um, some governments, in, including our own, have even said what's happening there is um, uh, genocide. That it, that that essentially the the Chinese government um, is 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 waging a kind of a, a, an ethnic cleansing or an ethnic ethnic oppression campaign against people primarily of the Muslim faith that live in that um, that region of China. So because of that, our Congress decided to ban imports um, from that region of China. So so while that's that's given the evidence, that's a very you know moral and, and noble thing to do. It does have practical implications for businesses. And on uh, June 21st of this year. Um, the Customs Border Border Patrol and, or excuse me, Customs and Border Protection, started to enforce this ban on products from Xinjiang, and and what that means is is that they're they're paying particular attention to products like cotton that are that are produced heavily in in that region of the world, and they're trying to prevent those products from entering the U.S. So if you're an importer in promo or any other industry, you better make sure that you have. Um, uh, a lot of transparency on your supply chain, meaning you understand where everything is coming from, where the raw materials are coming from, where the yarn in your apparel is coming from, and then have documentation of it so that you can prove to cu customs officials that you know no part of your supply chain runs through Xinjiang. And we have an article that kind of gets into the minutia of how to do that on um, asicentral.com backslash news. But that's that's kind of the gist of it is that you better is that this is here, it's going to impact importing, and you better have a real clear look on your supply chain and be able to prove that no part of your supply chain um, is in Xinjiang. And just last thought, obviously, if you haven't done it yet, you better get out of that part of the world if you are continuing to source uh, raw material or, or product. And hopefully by now people have done that because this has kind of been in a, a long time in the coming, the, the enforcement of this act. But um, but yeah, get out, get out of Xinjiang and make sure that you can prove you're not there. Yeah, so mentioning, um, you just mentioned supply chain, um, talking about that, you've been pretty deep into tracking disruption and delays and the reasons for them over the past few months. Actually, I would say probably past two years um, from the time when COVID was like just a, a blip on the screen. 
So um, generally speaking, like how do supply lines look right now, particularly those, particularly those that supply promo in North America? Okay, so the word that we're hearing from suppliers is that things are not not terrible right now, that they're not as as, as bad as they as they were. And um, and by terrible, I mean it's it's you know it's not as hard or as quite as long as it was at the worst of things to get products from where they're manufactured overseas to the market in North America where they're where they're sold. So th that's kind of the, the top line word. That said, there's a vast amount of complications in within the, within the supply chain, and things are still extremely challenging and kind of evolving. Um, uh, day, day to day. Uh, just read an article, uh, you know, today about how um, freight capacity, uh, uh, sorry, not freight, rail capacity in the U.S. is just backlogging, 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 and it's causing stuff to stack, uh, stuff cargo to stack up at at at, at the ports. So that's another cog in the kind of su supply chain issue. The reason we care so much about supply chain, of course, is because when there's uh, delays in getting products made, shipped, and then ultimately stocked in North America, it leads to inventory shortages in our in industry, which creates a whole bunch of trouble from everything from inflating prices for available inventory to not being able to get end clients the products they want um, to creating just much more sourcing complications and headaches for distributors to you know hoops to jump through so to speak in a, in order to just get product that they can sell so that's that's the main kind of reason we care so much about about the supply chain then the other thing too is that um it, it's gotten so much more expensive to import and it can even though some costs like freight uh overseas shipping have come down um it's still not enough to offset a lot of the these other uh larger costs which um, is basically contributing to higher prices um, on promo products in our in our industry, just as it is in almost all industries. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Suppliers are they are they um, are they looking forward to more improvement, or are they concerned about a worsening into Q three and four? Yeah. So I I think I think everybody's hopeful, but but no one really knows what's going to happen. Here's here's why, and I'll I'll try to be brief. I know this stuff gets so long, but like. Uh, Q3 and early Q4 is when retailers and everybody in every other industry starts bringing a lot of stuff, uh, a lot of um, product stateside in anticipation of the holiday shopping season. So um, that that usually creates a crush on on ports um, and then our domestic infrastructure for transporting products to where they want to go. And it also creates a crush on overseas manufacturers who are trying to get the stuff made and then out their door to, to, to get shipped. So there's a question as to the degree that that will happen this year because um, retailers are overstocked, but they're overstocked in the wrong, the wrong product right now. Mm -hmm. So there's some who think that, that the, the supply chain congestion might actually be a bit better this year because there might not be as much importing from retailers. There's others who say, no, nah, that's not really true. This is a little bit of a calm before the storm where we are in the summer right now. And that importing is going to pick back up in a major way because um, retailers are overstocked in the wrong product. They're going to want to try to get the right product stateside. And everybody is still so burned by the last couple of years of the pandemic and how hard it was to get products uh, to North America and how much longer it took that people are still what I would I would say uh, is uh, sourcing very proactively, meaning bringing more product to America 
farther in advance and keeping more inventory here on hand than they would have, say, prior to the pandemic. And that seems to be a practice that's certainly still happening in our industry. So the, the, the bottom line is that there's a real question mark as, as, as to how it, it, it's going to go. But that disruption continues um, and, and, and appears, if anyone who thinks it's going to go back to how it was, you know, 2000, you know, late 2019, it's, it's not. It's, it's, we, we continue to exist in, in a state of supply chain disruption, inventory, and pricing challenges will continue to result from that. Okay, great. Yeah, thank you, Chris. Detailed, but yeah, it's it's all important. It affects everybody. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so Teresa, we're gonna switch gears a little bit. Teresa, you've been busy with content for our new promo for the Planet Sustainability Resource at ASI Central. So what have been some highlights from that coverage so far? Yeah, I mean, it's really, I think an interesting topic that you know, it's popular, it's a trend right now, but, you know, not everybody is really on board and not everybody really understands like all the kind of ins and outs of sustainability. Um, but one thing that we've definitely noticed is that there's suppliers a lot more are, you know, uh, releasing products that are sustainable or have some kind of sustainability, you know, element to them, whether it's, you know, give back program, like they'll plant trees with every, you know, product that they do or, um, you know, whether it's made of something that's recyclable or recycled content, um, like PCNA, they did their, their proud path, uh, platform, which breaks down like all the different products that they offer into different like categories. Like these ones are from B Corps and these ones have a give back. These ones are, you know, made from eco-friendly materials. Um, you know, and, and you know, on, on the, on promo for the planet, we have, you know, we put new content up every week. There's usually at least three new stories, um, you know, for people to to look at. Um, but you know, and a lot of it has been like just, you know, uh, like profiles of some of the suppliers and what they're doing. Like uh, one I just talked to was Refresh Glass, uh, which is a really interesting. They make, you know, wine wine glass or drinking glasses out of old wine bottles. Um, so they're actually taking things out of the landfill. It's not like being you know broken down and recycled, it's actually an old, a wine bottle that is kind of melted down and, and turned into um, crafts and drinking glasses and all that kind of stuff. Um, another one that was kind of fun we just posted um, is Karma Lit. They're a little family company that does hand poured eco friendly soy candles, and I think it's literally just like a husband and wife team you know, doing this from their house in, in Colorado, but there's top 40 distributors that are using their products and, you know, getting a lot of kind of traction out of these, you know, very simple candles. So there's like, there's all kinds of different things that are that are happening. Um, but on that, on Promo for the Planet, we're trying to kind of break down some of the trends and, you know, show you what's out there, but also tell you kind of what's going on. We have all the like a bunch of different definitions just because it's such a broad topic and there's so much to kind of try to understand that. And also I think that sustainability sometimes means one thing to one person and something else to someone else. So, you know, that's part of what, what we're looking at is just like all the different types of areas that it could actually cover. Mm -hmm. And you're also our uh, apparel guru. So what have been some trends on that front recently? <laughs> Which is funny because I'm, I'm like not a stylish person, but it's funny that I write about apparel and fashion all the time. But actually one thing that I think is really interesting and, and pretty relevant to the promotional products industry is this rise in genderless 
fashion, which one of our interns wrote about this. But I mean, you know, obviously back in the day, the promo industry was all like pretty much unisex clothing because if you're giving out a bunch of t-shirts, you can't really be picky about sizes and fits and all that. But I feel like, you know, over the last few years, there's been more and more talk of like, you know, women's fits and, you know, kind of separating about gender. So it's kind of funny that now, now that is sort of reversing and um, unisex is back in, in a big way. Um, except now, now instead of it's like unisex is like the old term. Now it's more often called like gender neutral clothing or, or genderless clothing. Um, but one, one stat that I thought was really interesting was I think like 56% of Gen Z had shopped outside of their gender lines um, like in the last, I think it was in like 2019 was when the stat was from, but, you know, it's definitely, you know, part of it is just being more inclusive. It's also part of it is like the comfort of just wearing things that are kind of oversized. So, you know, maybe like a woman doesn't want to wear like a, a fitted shirt, like she might've been in the past now with the pandemic, you're just like, I want to be comfortable. I'll just, you know, get this giant t-shirt or this, this big hoodie and, you know, wear that. So there's there's a lot of reasons for it, but it's definitely one of those trends that's being driven by the younger generations. But I mean, for promo, we already have so much unisex stuff. So it's interesting to know that we can kind of go back to <laughs> the old, it's not quite the old way of doing things, but it's definitely kind of hearkening back to how, how it once was. Great. Well, thank you. Yeah. Um, on my front, I mean, I, I recently did a, um, the our monthly report on ESP searches. So the good news is that things are staying normal as far as the top 10 categories. So the stalwarts like pens and water bottles and totes, they really maintain their top dog status. Even, you know, as far as like, I remember a few months ago, there was still some, you know, with Omicron and and I think it was Omicron earlier this year, um, uh, there was a, a, a big surge of KN95 searches earlier this year, but that has all kind of, calm down for now. So when we had a lot of PPE that was coming into the top 10, that's really slowed. So um, good news is that the, the typical categories are on the rise and they're, they're continuing to maintain their um, top status in the top 10. Um, and I'm also, you know, I, I cover Canada. They're in the same situation we are. So there are people who really want to buy, but there's a lot of economic headwinds like inflation. They have huge inflation as well, 40 year high in inflation. Um, shortages of things, um, they, the supply chain, staffing shortages, all of the things that we're dealing with, they're dealing with. So it's a similar situation there, a lot of eager buyers, but a lot of headwinds as well, that's putting a damper on buying. Um, I did cover a webinar last week that was interesting. It was a diversity inclusion webinar with Tim Andrews and Stephanie Turner Scott from our show department. And they hosted a panel of suppliers and decorators and distributors um, who were talking about diversity and promo, where we've been, where we are, where we're going. And, you know, it's like having a diverse team really empowers, and also, you know, making sure your supply chain is diverse. It really empowers those long marginalized groups. And it also really makes good business sense. Um, and that's where a lot of clients these days want to know that the companies that they're working with are diverse and have diverse supply chains. So it was uh, very interesting. Yeah, I was gonna say that kind of goes back to sustainability as well. I, something I didn't mention is that traceability and um, transparency is, is one of the huge trends because people want to know like where things are coming from, especially like the end, maybe not like the people that get the, the free thing, but the, the companies that are sourcing it from distributors. They, they want to know that it is coming from, you know, someplace. You know, they, they want to know more about the supply chain basically. And so that, that's, that's all a part of the sustainability conversation. Too. traceability, transparency, all that stuff. 
exactly. Yeah, it's 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 fast becoming a non-negotiable for a lot of buyers. So it's really important to our industry. The bigger um, corporate yeah. runs for sure. I would I, mm -hmm. I would say definitely like they like just in talking to some of the larger distributors that service like these enterprise level global brands and stuff like that, they, you know, they have the, the level of documentation that's, that's being asked for now just to prove that where the, that distributor is sourcing from is really like legit is, is gone up by, I'd say almost like exponentially, mm -hmm. at least, at least according to what, what I've heard. So I, I, I think that's a, that's a trend that even though it's maybe just with those larger brands right now, I think is going to filter down and filter down o over time and become more and more relevant, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm also working on right now, I'm starting work on a, um, a feature on a possible, well, I mean, ar the argument is that we're already in a recession and it just hasn't been declared, you know, officially. Um, the Fed did raise interest rates slightly, which puts a, a huge um, damper on on buying ability for people with loans. Um, so um, that, but so far, it sounds pretty good amongst people I've talked to, things look pretty positive. So um, we're gonna go from there and see, but um, yeah, working on that, starting work on the gift guide for a counselor fall, which is really hard to believe, but here mm -hmm. we are. Um, yeah, so uh, quick- like, Sarah, let me, round. can I jump Can I jump into your recession thing real quick? Because yeah, yeah. I, I did something similar. I, th I think it's worth noting it's that, I did like a like a podcast on thrive th thriving surviving in a recession right and um if you're a distributor and um very similar to what you were hearing like like people are saying the first two quarters of the year were like really good and like even second quarter was like really really good and um but like what lies ahead is like a, a bit of an unknown but like the negative has not like hit in a like like in a significant way yet I'm just like hoping that the first quarter or two of the year was strong and that if there is a drop whatever drop might be in the third and the fourth is not so significant to offset yearly a yearly gain for, for the industry and for individual companies yeah and i mean we've talked you know we've been talking internally and i've talked to you know the distributors and suppliers that i was speaking with for this and a lot of them were around for like the 2008 recession you know and but that and i you know we talked a lot about how it was so it was just different it was it was a different vibe and because of all of the the other things going on, like Chris, you mentioned all of these things, the supply chain and the set, all these weird phenomenon from like COVID, I guess, and and just all of the the slow recovery from that, it makes this situation a bit different. Like so, mm -hmm. it's just it's it's like the great equalizer. Like every single client that you service, you still rely on inventory being replenished to give them what they need. Mm -hmm. So. It's 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 been a very interesting conversation on those who are on the ground serving these clients, what they've been seeing and feeling every day. It's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So um quick lightning round. So your favorite story to write over the past month and why? Uh why don't we go Teresa first? Um with? well I think the my favorite one has not come out yet. It's gonna come out next week. So although I guess maybe it'll be out when this is posted. Well. I don't know. Time doesn't mean anything anymore. So who knows? But anyway, the story is about it's a, a feature on B Corps, which I, that's something I had never really heard about, about certified B Corps until I started doing the promo for the planet. And now it seems like I hear about them all the time. Mm -hmm. So this is basically kind of a, a deep dive into like what they are, but also, you know, which um, B Corps are in, in promo and kind of looking at like what they're doing, um, you know, why they decided to become a B Corp and all that kind of stuff. So I think it's, um, it'll be an interesting story for people to learn more about that, 
you know, certification, but also to learn more about some of the, the companies in promo that, you know, have decided to go that route and why. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. I can't wait to read that. And Chris, how about you? Yeah, I'm looking forward to reading Teresa's story. I, I don't enjoy anything I write. It's all hard and difficult and, <laughs> it's, and, and complicated and painful and, you know, no, I'm only kidding. I'm only kidding. Um, I would say it maybe it wasn't enjoying enjoyable to do the 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 like the, the research and, and the writing and understanding everything, but in its end result, I'm I'm happy with how um uh some of our coverage, particularly on the the Xinjiang piece mm -hmm. and what that means for the industry and and kind of how to deal with that. Um, because I at, at the risk of sounding arrogant, I do think it pro provides a lot of information that is relevant for our industry and that maybe some people um, don't really realize yet in our industry how much potential impact it could have. So if it helps a few people better understand that and then say, hey, maybe these are some things I, sh I should do to, to prepare for this and, and or not prepare to deal with it because we're in the stage of dealing with it now. Um, uh, I, I uh, that would be good. And so that, I guess, gives me a, a fuzzy feeling. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Well, speaking of fuzzy feelings, yeah, I, uh, my favorite was Pat. It was actually a kind of a quick one-off. I got the lead from CJ, our, our supervisor. Um, and it was about those t-shirts for the, um, the Choose Love t-shirts in Buffalo after the shooting there. Um, and I reached out to the decorator who did the shirts and they actually referred me to the VP of marketing at the Buffalo Bills. So I spoke to him, which was very cool. And it was, you know, well, we've talked a lot about like moment merch, you know, that that phrase where um, apparel can be very powerful in the moment. So um, as we as we know, there was the, the shooting in Buffalo uh, about a month and a half ago and 10 people were killed in a predominantly black uh, neighborhood This where this grocery store is. And um, three teams, so the Buffalo Bills, the Sabres NHL team and the, the Bandits who are a lacrosse team, they did, um, they did a, like a, a volunteer day, like the Wednesday after. It happened on a Saturday, the following Wednesday, the teams, about, I think more than a hundred people actually gathered at the site. Um, they served hot meals to the community. They engaged with the community. They pay their respects, um, you know, express their condolences to the community. And the, the teams were all wearing these Choose Love t-shirts, just a, like, like this, like a black t-shirt with a white screen print and their team logo underneath Choose Love. And people on social media were like, hey, you know, thanks for doing this. Really appreciate you guys doing this. Where can we get the shirts? And the teams were like, oh, we should sell these shirts. So they, by Saturday, a week later, they had that decorator, it's called Ad Pro Sports. They had them churning out these shirts. Um, you could buy them for each of the three teams. And they raised like in, I think it was like less than two weeks. They had more than a million dollars that they had donated to two charities that were, uh, after, that were created after this uh, event. So, um, it, I mean, just the fact that a simple t-shirt with a simple white screen print can be so powerful. They're still selling them, they're still raising money for these two charities. Um, it's, it's incredible. I mean, and that, you know, it's, it's the bright side is our tag for our feel good human interest story. So it was, it was a, a simple t-shirt that had a lot, of, a lot of power and a lot of money was donated to these charities for good. So it was, it was interesting to, to cover that. Um, yeah, so we are actually recording this before the 4th of July holiday. Um, this will be out after 4th of July, but what are your plans for the holiday and the rest of the summer? Do you have any vacations, day trips, fun activities? What's going on? Not work stuff. <laughs> I'm Well, for the 4th of July, I just usually go to my dad's house. He always has parties. So that's one thing that we have planned. 
Um, and then other than that, for the rest of the summer, we have season passes to uh, Dorney Park, which is the, the local amusement park. So we try to go there. The nice thing is when you have a season pass, you don't have to spend the whole day. You can just like pop in after work for like a couple of hours and you know ride the carousel or something. So that's nice. Um, and then other, the other thing that we are going to be doing is going up to like the Finger Lakes area of, of New York for a couple of days. Um, and we have, I'm trying to get, it's just going to be me and my daughter. So I'm trying to get her to like do some of the planning of, of the trip, but she really was, cause I did a big road trip last year with my sister and, and niece and she was jealous that she didn't get to go. So this is like our version of the, the road trip, but it's like, it's a 10, it's me and a 10 year old. So it's, I'm the only one driving. So like, I cannot do like a cross country road trip if I'm the only one behind the wheel. So or drink heavily. So boo. Right. All the <laughs> But we're gonna go, there's like the, the Corning Museum of Glass. Yeah. We're gonna go check out. We're gonna go to the, I think it's called the Strong Museum of Play maybe in Rochester. It's got all kinds of like video games and it's, it looks amazing. It looks like, it's like a children's museum kind of. And I think it'll be really fun. And then we're gonna go to the Grand Canyon of the East in, I think it's called Letchworth State Park. Um, so we have, we have a bunch of stuff planned for, for that little road trip. So when you go to Rochester, because I was up there a couple of years ago, so my cousins live up there, you have to try, it's a local, it's a local thing, it's called a garbage plate, okay. but it's like, it's like, it's like a big, it almost looks like a nacho, like, it's like macaroni and cheese, I think there's like some, like, ground beef on it, like, it's just like a big plate of, like, all, like, comfort food, all mixed together on one plate, so it's called a garbage plate, you gotta try it. All right, I'll, I'll give it a shot. <laughs> It's pretty good. You convinced good. me. <laughs> yeah. Um, Sounds like my Chris, nightly meal. <laughs> honestly. Yeah. <laughs> Chris, what are you planning? What's going on? Oh, uh, yeah, some fireworks over at the folks' house. Um, we'll do a beach. We have a beach trip coming up for a few days. Um, we'll go to, we'll then take a trip a little later in the year, just up to the to the mountains here in Pennsylvania, of course. So uh, we'll head up to the Poconos for a little bit. Um, and then just uh, fortunate to live near lakes and, and rivers. So I just try to get out on, on the kayaks and, and the hiking trails with the kids. Nice. Yeah. yeah, about the same. Just like some day trips. I was in the mountains recently. It was really nice. I didn't want to come back. It was so yeah. nice. Oh, it was so nice. Um, probably going to try to head out to uh, Longwood Gardens. You guys in Longwood Gardens. Uh, yeah, it's, it's so cool. It's like it's a former DuPont estate. They made into these beautiful stately gardens. It's worth a visit if you're here. It's it's awesome. I love it. Um, yeah, I've actually been trying to read a little more, like being very intentional about reading. I'm reading a great book. You would never believe my friend from college recommended this book. It's called Boomtown, and it's a, it's the history of Oklahoma City. Hmm. It's incredible. The guy who wrote his name, Sam Anderson. He's from the New York Times Magazine. Unbelievable. Like it just shows you you can take like any topic and put it into an able writer's hands and make it like so enthralling i mean it is so good it's like oh my gosh the way this city was like developed it's called it was called the land run it's a whole thing like the basketball team the thunder i mean it's like it's it's unbelievable you have to everybody should try it it's so good it's called boom down yeah right. yep be so more about reading <laughs> yeah nice well, thank you guys for being here. I really appreciate it. And for all of our news and trend coverage, head to accesscentral.com slash news. Thanks.